Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody to the seventh inning stretch. Uh, joining me once again is Justin Wells. There's been a lot going on in baseball. There's been more PED, uh, you know, not allegations, but confirmed uh, usage. Uh, confirmed just today. Uh, the Phillies, Ryan Howard has been scuffling, got put on the pine. So we'll talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk about the Dodgers because it's, you know, we have to talk Dodgers and Mets. It's just automatic. And we're going to talk about both set of socks, you know, because one started off red hot and one still can't cool down. Justin, how are you, my friend? Well, we'll get to that when we talk about the White Sox. I'm doing okay. I'm doing. I'm doing okay. I'm definitely doing better than the Mets bats. It's been pretty bad. Uh, I mean, we could start there. That's a low bar, though. We could. We could start there. We could. Actually. Well, I mean, it's, we're, we're talking about the White Sox, you know, and uh, so you've got the White Sox coming into town, losers of seven straight, losers of fourteen of their last seventeen, and you know what? You just came off a series of the Dodgers where you had a gut punch loss on Sunday night. Where you tie it up off, a, you tie it up with, uh, you know, with a with a runner inherited from Kershaw. You've gotten past, you've gotten past Kershaw. And you're still in the game, and your closer goes out and just gives one away. Followed by getting a face a gimme in the White Sox. Matt Harvey goes out on a Monday. You know, pitches like he expects Matt Harvey to. And then the last two days happen. Last night, the bullpen just with a sucker punch blow, the sucker punch loss with Hansel Robles just imploding. And then today. That today the Mets did something I don't know that I'll ever see again. Yeah, thirteen today walks. Bad. Today was bad. Bro. Thirteen walks. They scored one run on thirteen fucking walks. How do you do that? It, you have to try hard, that hard not to score. And the Mets are just putridly off, putrid offense right now. Like they first off, like let's get through the offensive issues of the Mets at the moment. David Wright, his neck is acting up. David Wright gets hurt a lot. He hasn't played since Friday night. You're basically managing now to you're going to manage now a full week because the Mets are off tomorrow, fly to Florida on Friday. You're managing a full week with a 24 man bench that you, you can't. And especially also you have a little bit of a depth issue because you also don't have Lucas Tuda who's hurt and you don't have Travis Darno who's hurt. That's three run producers at basically, you know, your two corner infielders, two guys are your like, you know, those are positions that aren't as hard to play and you expect bats there. 
and then your starting catcher, and your two catchers below him are both hitting below 200. It's tough to win a lot of games that way. The only thing that's that we're getting lucky with is that Dusty Baker is going to blow off his bullpen's arms by July, by the end of July, and that the Nats haven't pulled away because the Nats, you know, natitude is uh, pretty weak, and the Mets still have good enough starting pitching to keep him in almost every game. But fuck it, hey man, they can't hit for shit. No, I haven't seen an offense this bad since la- the Mets last year before the trade deadline. <laughs> and I think the Grob feels the same way, man. I think it's six straight now with no decision. I mean, he's pitching well. It's not like he's pitching poorly. That's got to like you know be on the back of your mind and irk you as a starter. You know what I mean? Yeah, it has to. I mean, seven innings, seven runs, t- uh, seven innings of ten strikeout, one run ball, and you can't get a decision when your team has walked eight times by the time you've left the game. How is that supposed to feel? At getting into this also now, because that this rant about the Mets could take up the entire episode, and we have other things to get to. Um, that White Sox team that they lost to fucking sucks. Absolutely, uh, but the way you lost today, not the thirteen walks. The, the, it was a relief pitcher, bro. Taking Matt Albert, not, not, a, not only any relief pitcher, a relief pitcher who actually. My, who actually now, because of the fact that he, because of the fact that he has homered, is a worse hitter than Bartolo Colon, and probably a worse base runner. <laughs> you didn't see those wheels, bro. You didn't see uh, those wheels. That slide. Oh, uh, I, I, you see air quotes here, but that whatever that was in a second it made my day. I'm sorry. It's so funny. I saw, I saw someone on Twitter call Albers, and I can't remember who it was. I'm not taking credit for this because it wasn't me. Um, call Albers basically that guy who lived on your floor your freshman year of college and like cursed at you and you could now drink him <laughs> he does have that look man absolutely yeah oh man yeah dude I was uh I was sitting there watching that and just feeling for you absolutely terrible it was a terrible terrible way to lose but yeah like you said man the White Sox it just it's kind of funny how bad they've been, especially since, you know, last podcast, you and me were both talking about, you know, how surprising they were and how they were leading the central. And but but at the same time, we both knew that they couldn't keep it up. No, I mean, the pitching is terrible. I got the pleasure of witnessing Matt Latos start yesterday. Oh, um, man. Matt Latos just like there's just something about him I find exceptionally hateable. <laughs> to say the like, least. I think is his whole demeanor. The way he pitches, I went into that game telling my friend who uh, who I went to, who I go to games with, you know, about Latos and about the fact that he's gone fifty one innings and he's struck out twenty five guys. So basically, the Mets are going to have a lot of chances to put ball, balls in play. First inning, get runners on, get a guy home from a sack fly. Second inning, same thing. Third inning, get a two, hit a two run homer. They don't score for the rest of the game. It's not exactly. It wasn't for lack of contact. Latos just started to have balls, you know, hit at field hit really hard at fielders instead of into gaps, which happens, but you can't live where every single time you, you pitch, you know, it's other teams are just going to clock you and start hitting balls everywhere on you. His fastballs like got nothing left on it. He, he came up and he threw, I think, I think he was thrown in like the mid to upper nineties when he yeah, came up. Yeah, absolutely. That was his whole thing. That's that's how he yeah. that's how he had any type of success or or convinced any general manager that he was a professional pitcher was just because he had upper uh, mid to upper nineties uh, fastball. You know what I mean? But really, other than that, he can't spot his pitches. He can't hit the corners. His his secondary pitches are. are mediocre at best, and, and it really he has secondary have... pitches. <laughs> And really, he doesn't have the work ethic, man. I mean, when I saw him here at the Dodgers, it was one of the most disappointing displays of a pitcher. We designated him for assignment after like five starts because it was that disappointing. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm surprised he's just still in the league, man. 
Yeah, well, he started out the season really well. It's just like everything else with the White Sox. It was totally unsustainable because he was pitching to so much contact. And when you pitch to contact to a awful defensive team, that's not necessarily a positive. No, 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 absolutely not. You're right. <laughs> if you want, if you want to get away with pitching a, without with you know with, with having a bad defensive team, you do what the Mets done. You do what the Mets have done. You get strikeout pitchers. You don't, you don't go out there and do what the White Sox have done, which is put a bunch of put a bunch of guys who have, uh, you know, who are control and find the corner guys. I will say this: their one, their their one two of Quintana and Sale is great. Right, absolutely, but you're going to need a little more of that, especially you know in a division that uh, is a little bit t- tightly contested with Cleveland still fighting for it, the the Royals fighting for it, and both of those teams are superior to the White Sox. I mean, let's be honest; it's an uphill battle, and and, and you're going to need a little bit deeper rotation. And, and like you said, really, the bullpen has been trash uh, leading up to you know throughout this this you know plummet uh, in, in the last fifteen fifteen games or so. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I gotta tell you, their bullpen looked you know great over the last three days <laughs> i think that's more to do with the the mets hitters bro than it has anything to do with the white Sox bullpen to be quite honest you know the mets didn't score a single run on a play that wasn't an out this year in this series that neil walker wasn't involved in neil walker's still doing it too man still doing neil it. walker's a solid player yeah, no, but he's he's been, you know, better than I anticipated him being, you know, his career's already, I mean, how old's Neil Walker? He's in his, you know, mid-30s, right? No, he's, I think he's, he's around 30. Oh, okay, okay, so he's, he's younger than I thought, okay. He's just been around for a long time, I think he just got up pretty early in Pittsburgh. You think you think he's a potential all-star? Re- really? I mean, we're getting close to that time, so in reality, do you think he's a potential all-star? No, I think there's two better players at the position that I'm in the National League right now. Right on, and those Zobrist, be, Zobrist, yeah. and Murph. Fair enough. I know it pains you to say Murph. He's hitting four hundred. How he, 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 <laughs> he got to put it? You know, at this point, he's hitting four hundred to June. This is not a small sample size. Yeah, no, he's. But he, we always knew Murph can hit. You know what I mean? But but this is a, absolutely something else. No, he. I mean, it, it's weird to say this. He's carrying that offense because nobody else in that national offense is really hitting. They're getting by on the fact that they're scoring just enough runs and they're pitching. I mean, Murph. Wilson Ramos and uh, Rendon's starting to hit a little bit, but Worth hasn't really hit. Revere hasn't hit. Michael Taylor hasn't hit. Harper hasn't hit since the end of April. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the amazing part. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, they're only going to go, you know, they, they really need to get Harper back. They really need to get some of those bats going because I don't think this pitching staff, although it's a good staff, man, I don't think they're going to be this good, you know, going forward. The summer's going to start to heat up and the ball's going to fly a little bit more. So, you know, they're going to need to pick it up as well, I think. that that Whoever can, can straighten out their offense, you know. Wins the division. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, there is also the one thing that we do have to keep is, you know, the biggest canary in the coal mine possible. Dusty Baker and his judgment and use of relief pitchers, uh, you know, that's that's a potential huge plus for the Mets. Yeah, yeah. I think Dusty's proven himself to be, uh, you know, not wise, to say the least, with his bullpen and really overwork them and overuse them early in the season. And, and this season's been no different, you know what I mean? And, and, and it's going to cost him. It seems to cost him all the time. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't think Dusty has a World Series ring to his credit as a manager, right? I mean, he made it with the Giants. No, he doesn't. That, that was I mean, it. The Giant and he, and he managed good teams between the Giants, Reds, and Cubs. Like he had always solid teams. He's not a bad manager. It's just he has one serious Achilles heel. 
doesn't know how to manage a bullpen. And that's that's a that's a big big Achilles heel, and the Dodgers are kind of seeing that with uh, with Dave Roberts right now. So we're going through those growing pains as well. But let's jump from these socks, man, and let's go to the other socks. Like you mentioned to me earlier, you know their video game offense, man. What what is you know what's in the water in Boston? Jesus Christ, bro. Um, I mean that's a loaded question uh, because <laughs> you know you could you could say a, a variety of many many things are in that dirty water. Oh man, that's yes, but you 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 get the gist. It's a, it's a turn of phrase, Justin G's. No, I know, but I was just going back at it with you know the the fact that they play the Standells. I love that dirty water after every win at home, which <laughs> they've had a lot of. I, I I mean, look, I I don't mean to gloat here, Armando, but um, one of us thought that team was going to be really good, and one of us didn't. Yes, I know, I know, and then and then you know, go ahead and gloat, and go ahead and uh, tell me how wrong I was. But do you, nah, nah, do, nah, do you think that they can I'm, do I'm, this? I'm waiting until, you know, September or October to do that. You know, we, we got to see how this plays out and see how close we get to our predictions. But it'll uh, be way know. off. But anyway, yeah. So uh, there are some teams I'm very wrong on. But uh, no, they're I mean, they're really good. They they hit incredibly. I mean, look at the amount of guys in that lineup who are just putting uh, who are having ridiculous years. Betts having a ridiculous year. Jackie Bradley Jr. Travis Shaw. Dustin Pedroia, Xander Boagarts, David Ortiz, Hanley Ramirez. All of those guys are hitting. That's seven guys in their lineup who are hitting around or over or above 285. Some of whom are doing some, so with some ridiculous power. Ortiz leads all of baseball with an over 1,100 OPS. Uh, Shaw's OPS is around 950. Jackie Bradley Jr. had, you know, 27 game hit streak before it was snapped. And then, you know, Mookie Betts, that guy is a superstar in the making. Yeah, Mookie Betts, he does it all. We just seen him come off a three homer night. Uh, there's nothing that these these Red Sox players really aren't doing, man. Like you mentioned, Jackie Bradley Jr. He, he had his his hit streak. How long did that get to? Twenty nine, twenty nine games. It went, it went, it went twenty seven. Was knocked out in the twenty eighth game, I think. Right. Isn't and that it was impressive. And now Xander Bogarts is, you know, about to get there as well. So I mean, it, it's incredible, man, how how hot they are. And my, my for me, the biggest surprise is Travis Shaw. I mean, they went out. Uh, you know, Pablo Sandoval was supposed to be a big part of this team, and and, and they made the big decision to not play him to 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 sit him because Travis Shaw, you know, was a better player, better shape, and everything else. And Pablo Sandoval is just a bloated waste of space, right? But it surprised me how efficient and how good he's actually been on a day to day basis, man. There, there is no way. Just, just to go back to one thing you said, there is no way since the moment that Pablo Sandoval signed that he hasn't been a big portion of this team. Uh, <laughs> you could use the word "big" there in like twelve different contexts. I love it. Oh man, yeah, yeah, but but he's been disappointing. It's it's all been disappointing, but still, this team is just on fire, man. And they don't seem like they're going to slow down any time now. I didn't think it was going to be sustainable this long, and they're just still rolling and and not 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 showing any signs of slowing up. The only thing I'd worry about with this with this team is just is the starting pitching good enough? Uh, you know, because Stephen Wright is having a two thousand is having a Cy Young uh, the year that R. A. Diggy won the Cy Young. He's having a season like that. Uh, we've seen the knuckleball; it can come and go. But Cy, what, what R. A. Diggy did, I, I I didn't think anybody else would do again. And Stephen Wright seems to uh, be doing it now. He won't win the Cy Young because Chris Sale is alive. But uh, he seems to be just on, he seems to be just you know on fire. Uh, David Price hasn't pitched particularly well, and he's still 
I mean, he's getting run support. So his record is going to reveal, you know, the fact that he had, even though he hasn't been pitching well, his record's great. So even if he corrects himself, you don't know how much more that adds to the team. But then Rick Porcello has been really, really, uh, really good as well. Yeah, Rick Porcello has been good. And then, like you said, Stephen Wright have been a big surprise. And, and you've expected, you know, David Price to be better. And then, like you said, yeah, he hasn't been good. He's has over a five ERA, and we're already into June, which is quite surprising, especially in a division that he's familiar with and stuff. But you, like you said, he's only going to get better. He should improve. He should make, you know, probably the closer we get into the playoffs and closer we, deeper we get into the season, we're going to see the David Price of old. It's just going to come back to, you know, reality. And, and, and for this team to be this good with Clay Buckholz being a starting pitcher on your team is impressive. Clay Buckholz is trash. I mean, three quality starts all year, over six ERA. Uh, I can't say enough bad things about Clay Buckholz, man. Oh, I mean, Red Sox fans will have you think that for the past 10 years, uh, well, some of them, the diluted ones, the ones who don't know baseball, will have you believe that because he threw one no-hitter in 2007 or 2008, can't remember exactly, I can't remember which one, um, that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But if you've been in the majors at the at, at 31 and you haven't, and you're a starting pitcher and you haven't thrown a 200 inning season, then, uh, you know, I, I can't give you much credit as a good starting pitcher. I can't even give you credit as a mediocre starting pitcher. The most important thing a starter can do is go out and give his team innings. Right. That's all you can do. And he's not even doing that. He doesn't contribute in that way. His ERA is always inflated. His war is almost, his war is point, I mean, a negative point eight, man. So he is costing his team wins. I mean, Clay Buckholz is probably one of the worst starting pitchers who doesn't get enough, you know, stick in, in the majors because he, he and my, my biggest thing with fans of Clay Buckholz and stuff is they still fool themselves that he's like a 23 year old kid who's going to turn it around and it's like no he's 31 yeah. this is what he is he's got like a year or two left before he's in the independent ball man like let's be honest you know if he goes in independent ball I want him to end up on the uh, the frontier the, the team the frontier uh, river cats or wildcats or whatever they're called the team that doesn't have a home stadium because I, 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 I think Clay Buckholz is the type of guy who actually should be subjected to just playing on the road and facing a hostile crowd every single night. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I think that's just uh, just punishment for for forcing me to watch so many of his outings through the years. So going from a team that can't not stop scoring runs to a team that can't score runs, it's not the other New York baseball team. The New York Yankees are offensively um, inept would be a compliment. Yeah, man. I mean, the Yankees are struggling to, to, to put anything together, man. And, 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 and they're quickly, you know, losing ground in that division, seven and a half back now. Uh, it's really, you know, I don't know, man. It, it's disappointing. You know, Beltran's probably going to have to get traded. They're going to have to start shopping some of these guys that have any sort of value left. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's where I also think that Aroldis Chap- Chapman's, uh, stay in New York is going to be very, very short. They got it. They got to deal him. Yeah, I mean, they got to get some offense. I mean, you have enough bullpen. You have quality arms there. That was an unnecessary move, in all honesty. And, and yeah, now you use that piece, and, and you get yourself some some bat, some young position players that can contribute. Because this team is both old, and they can't hit, and that's just a terrible combination. Yeah, A-Rod, since, I think, last August, is hitting about 183. Uh, like, 85 strikeouts in the last 220 at-bats. Those numbers are... that. That's, that is... You know, goodbye, my career is over kind of numbers, but you know, he's staying for another year after this one. So 
Have fun with that, Yankee fans. It's just so much money. Teixeira's money, and he's only hitting 190. We have Brett Gardner getting paid a lot of money. He's hitting 215. Brian McCann, you know, he's getting paid 230. It's just, you know, the list goes on. Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah, 275 for the amount of money he's getting paid and, the you know, to be the catalyst of this team. He's not really doing much. He's not really. He doesn't run anymore. No, no, exactly. It's because he can't. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're very true, man. I mean, and he leads the team. I mean, they're not even running Brett Gardner anymore. Yeah, I mean, pretty much what the Yankees need to do is trade Chapman, trade Beltron, trade away anything that's not nailed down that's cheap, that, that, that a contender can use and just, you know, suck it up. Yankee fans are, and no Yankee fan could expect that this was going to be uh, number 28 or that number 28 is on, is, is near on the horizon because – there, this this team just needs to be. Uh, it, it finally happened. I mean, look, th- this is twenty. This is twenty years on from nineteen ninety six when this when this recent run of Yankee baseball started, where they've missed the playoffs. I think maybe twice in the last twenty years. At this point, like, just take your licking. You deserve it for a little bit. You also you've been kind of arrogant. Yeah, I mean, but that, that that's you know in their nature. That's all they've ever been. Uh, I, I don't know. For me, it's just disappointing to see them at this level, but at the same time, it's it's what they deserve. They've, they've really put themselves in this position with years upon years of bad business, years upon years of let's win now, but let's not worry about the future, and now we are here, and, and it's looking very bleak, man. It's not like their their farm system is any good either. No, outside Aaron Judge, they're, they're, um, they're kind of light. I mean, the thing that I'm most shocked about is how bad Luis Severino's been this year. Eesh. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that sound that's effect with my disapproval because he's been a key piece of that team, uh, uh, you know, and it's just at least this whole team's been bad though, man. There's not one player other than maybe Carlos Beltran who you can say is playing too standard or slightly above what you expected. Position player? I mean, Starling Castro started out okay, but he hasn't really kept that very very he hasn't kept that going. Yeah, and that was unexpected. Let's be honest. They didn't really expect much from Starling Castro. He just was somebody they added, you know, to the, to the roster. But Starling Castro wasn't, there wasn't much expected of him in Chicago. That's why he was the piece that got moved, man. So this is a surprise for me. And, and, and it's good to see it though, because I've always liked him as a player. I like the grit. I like the way he, he, he plays. And it's, it's just good to see him bounce back this way. Have you ever seen a more like a, a more perceived washed up twenty six year old though than Starling Castro? No, but but I fall guilty of that because he's been around so, for so, so long. I. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's insane. You're like Starling Castro, you know the only other guy I could think of who fell into that particular spot was Jeff Francoeur. Yeah, by the time he left, by the time he left Atlanta, like you know the the shine was off that the shine was off of that diamond. Uh, the teams figured out that he'd swing on a you know swing at throwovers to first. Oh, you know what? Also, speaking of throwovers to first, I got a question for you. Do you get HBO? No, I don't. I don't. Have you seen the trailer for Bill Simmons' new TV show? Yeah, I think so. I think I have seen it actually. He wants to ban throws to first base. Bill Simmons is a fucking asshole, bro. What the hell is up with that? Why would you want to do that? What does that accomplish? Does that speed up the game? In his, is his mind? This is his argument. He speeds up the game. That doesn't speed up the game at all. You're basically just making sure that runners can have second and third base. In, it, like it's like bringing it back to little league. Like when you first start playing, when you can steal a base, but you can only leave as the pitch gets to, as the pitch gets to the catcher. Right. You can't take a lead. You can't take. You can't a lead? take a lead. Yeah. You can, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, that basically would accomplish that because if you can't throw over. 
teams are just going to run all the time. It'll, it'll make, it'll make a, the average baseball game take seven hours. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that, 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 I mean, baseball, let's be honest, the biggest gripe about baseball is that it's long and that it's too long and it's slow moving. And I get that. I, I could see that. Right. But but, you know, all these suggestions to improve the game like this, Bill Simmons, just save it. It's not going to make it better. It's not. It's it's just it's a dumb idea. It, it's not the way the game is played. It, like you said, man, you're just bringing it back to Little League and, 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 and nobody really wants to see that. Let's be quite honest, man. No, absolutely. Now, I'll tell you one thing that I would like to see changed to make the game speed up. Get rid of fucking replay. Yeah, I agree with that, man. The, the, the amount of challenges, bro, the amount of them, the sheer number that, that of stupid challenges, the, every bang, bang play, every time, you know, the guy slides in and his foot comes off the bag just a hair, we're going to stop the game every fucking time. I can do without it. See, the one I can really do without in this whole thing of just like the bang, bang play, too, is if you if you notice... After every bang bang play, there's a second where the umpires like stop themselves and give the like. It's almost like they're intimating to the manager, like, "Hey, second guess me here." Yeah, and then the, the, I can't stand after every bang bang play, like you just said, not just the umpire, but the manager standing at the edge of the of the dugout, looking back at his bench coach on the phone, just waiting for five, ten, fifteen seconds at a time. It's like, dude, really, we're gonna do this every time? And when it happens, when it happens with the, when they were, when like it's two outs and they're about to reverse a two out out call, it's, it, you see, you have to, the team has to wait to walk off the field. Like the defensive team has to wait to walk off the field. That's driving me insane because it's just like, uh, what, like, what does the pitcher do now? Does he throw a warm up pitch? Does he think he's out of this? Does he think he's not? It, it kills pitchers' rhythms. It's, it's just, they, they've managed to like, they took something well intentioned and right. they just fucked it up. Yeah, no, I, I, Absolutely, I agree with you one hundred percent, man. I think uh, I think ultimately it, it can work in, in the right circumstances, the tight play at the plate that that's gonna you know have a bearing on the, the result of the game. I get that, but to challenge every play that's at, every bang bang play at first, every time a guy slides into second, we're gonna challenge it. Now we're challenging you know if that was a legal slide or not as well, and I I just can't do it, bro. I'm losing interest on all of it. Anytime like the the, the replay comes, I get up, I go grab a beer, and, and hopefully by the time I come back it's over because i i just can't stand sitting there in that you know silence and i always know way faster than this guy does like if you're gonna do, let this guy do the fucking replay get him a damn fucking camera like like in the nfl let him see for himself i'm tired of this like i got a guy in new york letting me know right now hold on no wait i thought for a second you were telling me to hold on as you were as if you were simulating that oh no no <laughs> No, no. Yeah. I, just... I thought I thought you were I thought you were doing Armando Angulo does replay his one man play. <laughs> Although it would have been pretty good, let's be honest. It would be pretty good. The one thing that I think that they need to fix is if you're going to try to look, I, I'm not saying the idea is you should get calls wrong, and I'm not like the the whole romantic thing of oh well, it's an umpire's judgment call. No, like you should get plays right. Like we should be holding umpires to account for getting plays right. Uh, but the one thing is, like, just use it on boundary issues, fair or foul, down the lines. Use it for that. You can use, like, the same type of technology they have for tennis where you see if someone's hitting the ball onto the bit, you know, on, on the first serve or the baseline technology with did it hit the line or not. Absolutely. I agree with they you. Can, they can, if you have that technology for tennis, you have it for baseball. I agree and, with you 100%. So I also want to get into one piece of bad umpiring that will allow us to segue into – Talking about uh, Los Doyers, 
uh, which is, um, I was, I'm sorry for that awful pronunciation. Of Spanish <laughs> <It's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you and I were both watching this game on, on Saturday night. We obviously discussed it um, via via text message, but uh, Noah Syndergaard throwing behind Chase Utley yeah. and getting immediately ejected. No warnings issued. See, that was another situation for me where the umpire made it, uh, took a situation, he, he, he messed it up for four angles, but he took a situation that wasn't about him and made it about him. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, he took a, p- a page out of Joe West's book, I think, and he made it all about him. I think it was an experience on his part. Like, you, you look at the guy, he looks like a kid, to be quite honest, baby-faced umpire, uh, and, and really just was in over his head, man. I mean, that was, I, I get it. That, that It's Chase Utley. I get that there's, you know, animosity. I get that, you know, the LCS. I get all of that. I get everything that happened, right? But ultimately, you know, it's to give warning, bro. Like, the game's just starting. We don't need you to just toss arguably, you know, who everybody came to see and Noah Syndergaard, who is a stud. And, and, you know, I can't speak highly enough about the kid. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. He did throw at him. Nobody's saying he did it, but just issue the warning and move on with it. Let's be quite honest. It happens every day in baseball, man. And for him to overreact like that, I think it, it, it just ruined the entire, you know, fun of that game. It just sucked all the life out of that game, especially for Mets fans. I mean, and then the way it ended for with Chase Utley doing all that he did that night, it was just, I can only imagine how you felt. Uh, so this is the only nice thing I'm ever going to say about Chase Utley. He's an old school enough player as far as his approach and understanding to the game. Where, you know what, he comes in, he gets hit, he expects to get hit, he goes down to first, or he gets thrown at and it misses him, but he gets the message sent, he, he, nothing ever happens with it again. Utley, Utley you know, Ut- Retribution's gotten, Utley knows, you know, if, if I step out of line again, it's going to be a bigger issue, so I won't. And, he, and he's the type of player who I think respects that aspect of baseball and the self-policing of it. So what you have to do is, you issue the warning, even if he, if he hits him or he doesn't, you issue the warning, and you, you get on. You get on with it, and it's happened a few other times recently too. Because you had uh, Matt Bush plunking Batista, and then Batista taking a, a crippling right from Brunette Odor. <laughs> what a right hand that was, though! Sucker punch it was, of the year. I, it was a great punch. I can't tell if Batista on that one either has like an iron jaw or if like he like you know took it and went down because his face looks like. Oh, I just took that, but he stays up. So I got to give Batista credit for that. But we already spoke about that. So let's, and then Matt, uh, and then, um, Philip Hughes throwing behind Josh Donaldson, not once, but twice. By the way, common tie there, Toronto Blue Jays. That should tell us something. That should tell you something. They get under the other, the other team's skin. Absolutely. Yeah. If only their record and results would, uh, reflect that at this season. <laughs> well, they're still stuck in the past. I think they're still stuck in last year, to be quite honest. So are a lot of teams. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. Let's talk about the Dodgers and how bad they yeah. are. Uh, they can't score runs. They can't get it together. Adrian Gonzalez has been out. I think the only positive for us right now is that Clayton Kershaw is still Clayton Kershaw. And, and you know, I think we're like 9-1, and 10-1 and one in his starts. And then we're really scuffling in everybody else's starts. So that, that just tells you everything you need to know. All of our starters have been very... Uh, I don't know, inconsistent to say the least. Casimir will give you a good start, but after that, it's really been uh, tough. I think the only bright spots for us is, is, is Corey Seager is proving to be, you know, the best prospect in baseball, in my opinion. He's really coming into his own. He's really, uh, 
you know, his makeup is what's really impressive. He's, he's, he, he conducts himself like a big leaguer, way wiser above his years, and it's really good to see him uh, develop into the player that he's developing into, and, and I'm only excited to see that more. But I, I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed with Dave Roberts. Uh, I know it's going to take time. I know he's new to the job, but he hasn't really figured out his bullpen. He hasn't figured out the pieces there. Uh, he, what he's doing with Puig is great. I think Puig has really had a decent year playing some almost gold glove defense, I would like to say, and that's because of his hustle. He's had some bad plays here and there, but he's made some amazing ones too. Uh, I don't know, man. Swinging and everything. And it well. <laughs> His approach at the plate is is not good. No, he's he. he he's it like, never has. Been, no, exactly. It's, it's really Vladimir Guerrero. Good. You know, it, yeah. it reminds me of that, except without the contact, because Vladimir Guerrero would. You know, it didn't matter. He was going to hit the ball. Puig's just swinging. It's it, it, it's pretty bad. But uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Julio Uri, I, I mean, Julio Uri is coming up. It, it, it was nice. I mean, you saw him, you know, firsthand, and, and, and that was nice, man. I, I think the kid struggled and scuffled like we expected him to, but. You saw that it's all there. You know what I mean? He's, He's a 19. stud. He's a stud. <laughs> Expecting a 19-year-old kid to make his day. Like, I'm thinking of the 19-year-olds who have been successful pitching in the majors in my lifetime. And I can think of two. It's Gooden and it's Felix. Other than those two, I've never seen a 19-year-old pitcher really succeed. Even like looking at a guy like the, even the young pitchers who have come up who have really taken the league by storm. They're all, they're all usually like 23, 24 by the time they're doing that. They're not 19. 19 is insanely young. These kids, you know, they, they, they can't drink. They should, they, most of them should be in college where they're drinking illegally. But, um, <laughs> with Matt Albers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, keg, keg parties all the time. Yeah. But I mean, he, I mean, expecting him to go out and face, you know, a veteran lineup, and the Mets that night actually had a veteran lineup going, and, and, and last long it was gonna be uh, it was gonna be difficult. But he, but going down to the weekend, the one guy who I am thoroughly confused by in your rotation is uh, Kenta Maeda because of the fact that he can either I haven't seen him pitch just a game where he gets by and he's decent, like gets you six innings of two or three run ball. He's either going seven innings of shutout ball or He's going two and a third. three innings of three and two thirds of six run ball. Yeah, with like eighty five pitches. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. It's I mean, it's disappointing because I know that we spent some money on him and he was supposed to be this big news and then and then you know the top of the Japanese pitchers and this and that and it it just hasn't come off for him. I don't know if he's still not comfortable, if he's still acclimating to the whole league or everything else. But usually that works in the pitcher's favor, and we've seen that with a lot of pitchers coming in internationally, they have success right away. So it's kind of it's kind of disappointing to be quite honest. I expected a little bit more from him. I expected him to be the stabilizing force to help us, you know, until we got healthy with McCarthy and Ryu who. Who, who had a little bit of setback, so he's going to be out a little bit longer. So it's just, uh, I really expected him to be the glue in that rotation, and he's not living up to expectation. We know Alex Wood is really bad, and then it, it, it just goes from there. Like I said, Scott Casimir hasn't really exactly performed. We've had a revolving door of Udias, Bolsinger, and, and, and Stripling, and none of them have really been that impressive. I just hope we, we let Udias uh, continue to throw, because at least get him that experience and let him learn on the job. I mean, uh, He's the one that, that we're looking for in the long term, and he's the one that we should really be trying to groom and get this type of experience. So I just hope that we, we stick with him, and then hopefully he can find some success and start tasting that, because I think it's going to be important for his development. So you're, you're not going to like what I'm going to say here with Urias, but uh, I, I think that for now, the best thing he could do with him isn't start him. I would use him in the pen 
for two for you know, two innings at a, two or three innings at a time. Try not to have him pitch every night. Like I would use him every you know every you know fourth or fifth night. But I just don't think that at this exact moment at nineteen, relying on him to carry innings for you and a team that expects to try to win games and go to the playoffs, which let's be real, that's the Dodge the Dodgers' goal is to make the playoffs when you're spending as much money as they are and you and, and you've been there, you know, the past few years. The goal is to get back and get further. Um I, I don't think that having Urias in your rotation just because of the innings limit that he's gonna face is gonna help is gonna help you win. No, I don't disagree with that, bro. But I, in the reality of the situation is, we don't really have anybody else. We're we're, we're way too uh, thin in that department with with the amount of injuries that we've had, and the you know, Bull Singer's not been good. Stripling's given a chance already. Zach Lee is never going to make it to the big leagues, apparently. So it's just one of those things. I guess right now it's the best option we have. Uh, I'm hopeful that he stays for a little while until we can get some health and then he just goes back to AAA, if not to the bullpen, like you said, man. I think that's probably the best fit for him right now. I agree with you, but I just think it's not, you know, what we have in store right now because we really do need him in that rotation. I, I go into your position players. There's one player that I that, that you haven't mentioned in this podcast that I specifically want to bring up because – I've actually been somewhat impressed with, with what I've seen, with him, albeit limited uh, sample sizes, uh, Trace Thompson. Trace Thompson's good, man. Trace Thompson is going to be probably a staple in our outfield for years to come. Him, Jock Peterson, maybe even Puig for a little while. Uh, I could see that. I think once we shed the, the you know, Ethier and Crawford, I think we, we, we know what our starting outfield is going to be in the future because Trace Thompson has proven himself to be really good, pretty consistent, and, and he has all the tools. I've seen him hit some bombs. I've seen him make some defensive plays. Uh, He's made some mistakes, but he's a young ball player, you know, and I, I just think it's it's good to see us having some younger players that 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 are are, are showing a lot of promise. I, I really do enjoy Trace Thompson, and I do think he's going to be a big big time player. Oh yeah. Um, by the way, while while we were starting this, within eight minutes, Mookie Betts has hit another leadoff homer. Mookie Betts is the man. Jesus Ugh. Christ! Where did the Red Sox find that guy? <laughs> yeah, no, but go, just sorry, sorry, sorry for the, the the lapse in concentration there. No, but I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of Trace Thompson. Uh, sticking sticking in the AL West, uh, another another thing that I'm probably pretty sure you don't want to talk about is how hot the Giants are at the moment. And look, a lot of it's also because of how bad the Diamondbacks and Padres are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have no problem saying you know that that that, that the Giants are, you know, the cream of the crop right now in the, in the NL West. They are the better team. They've been the most consistent team. You know, it, it's tough for me to say that, but but it, it is what it is, man. We're not stringing together wins, and they, 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 they are. I mean, they just pitch better than we do. They've been more consistent on that end, and, and, and that's going to win you a lot more games in this division. That's going to win you a lot. And let's be honest, man, the head-to-head from here on out is crucial because we're going to play each other quite a bit of time still, and, and we need to make up ground because their pitching has been better and they you know and we're not going to get a wild card spot the west will not be getting a wild card spot so it is important that in the head to heads especially we take care of business and we find a little bit of consistency because if not you know i hate to say it but if we continue to sputter like this the giants could run away with this and and it could be pretty early to be quite honest yeah i mean the, they, the giants scuffled at the beginning of the year but yes recently Cueto. Samarja, Bumgarner, and even a little bits of Jake Peavy, who I actually just assumed was dead. Um, and I don't mean that sarcastically. <laughs> I actually thought Jake Peavy had died. Um, 
Uh, you know, they, they've been stringing together some good starts. Matt Cain still, on the other hand, sucks ass. Yeah, I forget Matt Cain is still a professional baseball player, to be quite honest. I can't think of a guy who probably should have had his early workload curtailed more. Yeah, because he was so good in his in his younger days, but but just he you know he was their horse and they just overworked him absolutely. And then now you know he can't stay healthy and he can't stay consistent. His velocity's gone. He's just a shell of himself, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a shame because he actually doesn't seem remotely like a good guy. <laughs> I know nothing about Matt Cain. I, I just wanted either. to throw I a back. Either. I just wanted to throw a backhanded compliment in there to someone. Matt Cain seemed like a good arbitrary target. Oh man, I'm sure he appreciates it, man. Yeah, I mean, he'll you know when this when word gets back to him that you know two schmucks talking about baseball uh, insulted him, he'll probably go to sleep on his pile of money and not think about it. No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get to our players of the week. Let's do it, man. Who do you got? Go ahead, American League first, please. Mookie Betts. I knew it. How could you not? He's been too good. He has been really, really, really good. I'm going to just be uh, a little bit contrarian just because to be a little different and variety is the spice of life. But I'm going to go with uh, George Springer, man. He's actually hitting about 420, three dingers, uh, nine RBIs in his last seven games. He, he hasn't been too bad, man. Uh, and even his last game, three for four and uh, with the dinger and four ribbies, George Springer's been on fire as well. The Astros themselves have actually been recently a little bit better. Still not particularly good, but they're playing, I think, over their last, like, two or three weeks they're playing closer to 500 baseball than the 385 baseball they played for the first month of the season and that's um, saying quite a bit they, they they were awful for the first month correa has been a little bit down lately but i wouldn't worry too much about him yeah absolutely i agree with that man all right and in the national league um, i'm not giving stats because reciting the stats he had this week will just make me angrier but my player of the week is chase utley oh okay i wow that you're a big you're a big man I know that didn't feel good. It did not feel good. Uttering those words, you don't have to give me the stats. Everybody, look them up. They're phenomenal. They are phenomenal. But uh, yeah, I, I I appreciate your honesty, my friend. I know that was tough on you. For me, it's uh, did be, not like it. <laughs> for didn't me, feel it's gonna, good. It's going to be cargo. Cargo's, you know, for the Rockies. I know nobody's watching the Rockies right now or ever. But uh, he, he in his last seven, he's hitting over five fifty with five dingers and ten RBIs, man. Carlos Gonzalez is on fire, and uh, if he could keep this up, the, the Rockies really do got to trade him, like now. See, I don't know. I mean, that's where it's going to get weird for the Rockies because they've been surprisingly good this season, and it's due largely to the fact that their pitching is performing better than we'd assume, uh, specifically Tyler Chatwood, who actually, you, you know what? I don't usually like pitchers who miss, who, who don't miss a lot of bats, but I feel like, you know, a lot of, obviously, a lot of strikeout pitchers are guys who throw harder for the most part and obviously then become fly ball pitchers, not a way to make a living in Colorado. Tyler Chatwood has been a ground ball pitcher for, you know, for the, that's where he's tweaked his delivery, getting a lot more, you know, dink and spin on the ball. And he's pitching to a 2.8 ERA in Colorado, which is like pitching to a, a one and a half anyplace else. It's not that stark, but like you, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, man. So yeah, no, it's been impressive. It's it, it's been absolutely impressive, and uh, you know, I just don't know how much they could keep this up. We've seen them have decent seasons, and then they just really, you know, have seven bad ones. You know what I mean? So is it really worth keeping a hold of these players that you know 
how much longer can Carlos Gonzalez be this good? Let's you, you got to capitalize on him in the market and, and try to get something for him. I mean, it's not really going to matter because you're the Rockies, but you know, got to try. No, but I could think of I could think of several teams that could probably use a corner outfielder, quarter outfielder with some power right now in both the national national and the American League, and there are actually some of those available. Danny Valencia, you got to figure is going to you know going to be trade worthy too from Oakland. Yeah, yeah, the only piece worth having almost. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I kind of like Brent Burns, but not because I actually think he's any. I mean, Billy Burns just because Brent Burns is a defenseman for the San Jose Sharks. Um, <laughs> I like Billy. I like Stanley Billy Cup Burns playoffs, Stanley Cup finals. Everyone, you understand? They are. Sorry. They are. I there. apologize. I apologize for Justin. I, I watched five minutes of a hockey game the other night, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. <laughs> I, I talk about a sport where, like, the TV the TV application sucks because you can't find the object that the game is, like, actually used. I hear that. But live, it's amazing. I got nothing. Oh, like, fantastic live yeah, sport. Love it. Love it live. I can't watch it on TV either. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think that takes us to the end of our show today. Yeah, man, I got nothing else. That was fun. It was good to talk, and uh, you got to get that off your chest for the Mets a little bit. Uh, and uh, we got to praise the Red Sox, so, you know, our yeah, hordes well, of Twitter followers – who seems to be 90% Red Sox fans, they'll be happy. Yeah, they will. And I mean, on the other hand, also, if we really want to, to issue a supplement, I don't know how to record this, but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll record my phone call to my father later. Maybe we could record that as a, uh, as a supplemental Mets rant between two people. Yes. Who sound like me. I will put it in. I will figure it out and get it in here. I will I'll love figure, it. Let me see if I can find a way to do a one side consent call. I think those are legal in New York. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> All right, All right. yeah. Oh, before we get off the rails anymore, uh, for me, you know, Armando Angulo, as always, appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Please send in your questions, send in your comments, tell us how bad we are. We appreciate that as well. Uh, Justin, anything from you? No, just as always, any praise to at Rolls on Shabbos and any complaints to at Armando Angulo 12. There you go. You heard the man. Everybody, take you're getting care. a lot of complaints lately, by the way, it's too. Okay. It's okay. I think it's only uh, gonna get uh, those numbers are only gonna increase, my friend. So uh, I just gotta strap on and uh, buckle up for the ride, I guess. All right. Well, All right, from baby. the two of us, peace. Bye, guys. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.